Terrified. Boom, 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 boom. Hey. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> now we're really at our Christmas episode. Yes, yes. Now, yeah, we've introduced it properly. The Christmas season is upon us. And um, it's not the only season that's coming up, though. The other important season is award season. Oh, yes, award season. Actually, as a matter of fact, as we are recording this, today is the day that they just released the list of the Golden Globe nominees. And I already have some of my favorites picked out and ones that I'm just happy are nominated. What about you? Me too. Yes, I definitely have my faves, ones I'm looking forward to, ones I hope take it home, and ones that, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely happy that they're just acknowledged for for the work that they brought this year. And then there's also a whole bunch that I don't give a shit about. Absolutely. Starting with the best um, motion picture drama. I don't like, I don't care for any of these movies. I don't know what they are. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, what are they? Wait, what is, so what is it like? Top Avatar, Gun. Top Gun. The Fablemans, which you had to remind me what that was. Which yeah, is that's Steven Spielberg. Steven Spielberg. Boring. Just kidding. <laughs> which honestly, that would probably win. I mean, Probably. A movie about the king of movies, like, yeah, probably will win. Yeah, sure. Makes sense. Makes sense. Mm, Makes sense. But honestly, the one that I'm more intrigued to watch is um, the one that's in best motion picture, musical, or comedy, which is Babylon. But I also know that you are rooting for... Everything, everywhere, all at once! Yes! Which honestly, definitely, probably will win the prize. And at the Oscars, I'm hoping, too. Me, too. Me, too. That's one, like, my number one I'm rooting for across all categories it's nominated for is Everything Everywhere All at Once. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I'm, I am really excited for Babylon. It's just always weird to me to see movies nominated that haven't been released yet. fully yet. <laughs> fully yet. Yeah, like, I get it. I know. Screeners and, you know, SAG members and things like that, they always get the movies early and they get to watch them. But what about the rest of us? I'm like, am I supposed to be rooting for Babylon from the trailer? Yeah, and that's why movies come out so uh, so much at the November, October, November, December season because this is like free marketing for them. Like, it's a good movie. Oh. They're gonna get, yeah, they're nominated for a Golden Globe. We better go watch it. It's like, oh, God. You know? Oh, but. definitely. Definitely. I mean, and but Babylon does look great and Margot Robbie is my girl. Harley Quinn yeah, is one of my favorite characters ever Bobby. and she brought her to life beautifully and so I'm always rooting for Margot. And um, I hope I I'm excited to see her performance, and I bet it is Oscar worthy. She's she's I'm given sure. a she's given a performance or two before, so um, I'm excited for that. Speaking of actresses, the best actress in a drama, I think Kate Blanchett is going to take it because I've known that she has a lot of hype for that Ta yeah, movie <laughs> for Ta. Um, yeah, I mean I I'd be down for Kate Blanchett to take it home, and then 
go to the Oscars and take a third home. Like join that that triple triple win club, girl. Like girl, yeah. She's one of the best ever. She's one of my favorite actresses ever. Um, I yeah. think Kate Blanchett is like insanely talented and also well rounded. She, she does every genre. You know, she yeah. doesn't just stick to one. She's great in comedies. She's great in dramas. She's she loves horror films. So um, there you go. I, I'm a fan of Miss Blanchett. Some of the people that she's sharing the category with that I think are worth mentioning are Viola Davis for uh, the Woman King. Woman amazing. King, what the? Ugh, one of just fucking amazing movie. So badass, and she's incredible in it. It was. I will say the movie itself had a lot of cliches in it, which I was like made it kind of soapy. But I th- yeah. I loved her performance. I definitely can see why she's um why she's nominated. Literally. And I know she's not gonna win, but. Um, Ana de Armas, of course, oh, I love. She put in her. so much work to play that Marilyn Monroe role, and honestly, I think it paid off. I mean, sure, her accent may have slipped once or twice, but the commitment that she made, and honestly, her acting in that movie was phenomenal, regardless of how well the movie was done, um, because that was a questionable storyline. Right. I haven't watched it yet. I oh. I've been putting it off just because. I don't know. The reviews aren't very good. So I was like, okay, maybe yeah. I'll just get around to it eventually. But I do love Anna de Armas and she's so stunning. And I do look forward to watching her in it eventually. And so yes. I'm glad she at least got nominated. At least her work got acknowledged. I'm glad she was recognized because honestly, her performance in that is phenomenal. Um, it's just not that great of a movie. Um, sure. Uh, on to the best actresses of musical or comedy. I already know who you're rooting for. Michelle Yeoh. Yeah. I know. Uh, yeah, Michelle Yeoh. Yes, again, she's everything win. ever, all at once, across all categories for me. She's gotten so much hype for this role. She's definitely going to win. But I know we also love seeing Margot Robbie in this category Margot, with her. Yes. And Miss Anya Taylor-Joy for the menu. A Fear the Talking Queers little starlet. We love yes, Miss Anya. Love have you seen the menu? I haven't seen it yet. But I have not I've heard seen very it good yet. things. As, as have I so and uh, Ralph Fiennes is nominated for his performance in it so it has to be a decent film and at least some decent yeah. performances I'm really excited to watch it but I have not seen it yet well we'll have to get to the theater and see it mm-hmm. and on, honestly Angela Bassett better fucking work because she's nominated for okay. Best Supporting Actress for Wakanda Forever and honestly she was really great in that okay a Marvel movie amazing yeah, yeah, absolutely. She, Marvel movie. She was regal. She was stunning. She was <sighs> a queen, darling. A literal queen. Yes, absolutely. Um, we're going to skip over the guy ones, but I do think that Brendan Fraser will win um, for uh, The Whale. Yeah, he's definitely the most hyped uh, for sure to win. Um, is he? Is that the same category that Austin Butler is nominated in? That, uh, yes. And that, I do think that it's going to be either two. one of them. Yeah, because uh, yeah, yeah. honestly, Austin Butler put in the fucking work for Elvis, and he was fantastic he really in it. Yeah, and so I, I think that's going to be a nice little tight race between Brendan and Austin. Will it be about the the hot newcomer, or will it be you know the redemption story? The Hasbin Fraser. Oh, <laughs> oh my. Yes, I'm glad to see Brendan Fraser back on the big screen. I've heard wonderful things about his performance, and honestly, if he wins this category and Michelle Yeoh wins best actress what a huge milestone for a24 as well seriously and which is one of our favorite studios favorites absolute favorites and you know i i hopefully that would just you know propel them to make even more amazing amazing content that we love the weird shit you know Mm -hmm. 
Okay, best original song. I, I, I think the move, the one that you're wording for will win. <laughs> Hold my hand, everything will be okay. Yes. Yeah, It's Gaga absolutely. all the way for me. But she's nominated against some heavy hitters with Rihanna and Taylor. Who knows? Okay, yeah. Oh, and we know, I already know that Long Live Jordan is going to be listening to this, and I know that... He's for sure going to be rooting for that Miss Taylor Swift song. Okay, he's girl. a Swifty. We know yes, you're a Swifty. But um, you know, I, I got to give it to my girl Gaga, though. I love that. That was my number three top played song of this last year on my Spotify rap. That's wrapped. insane. This I bitch was it. singing in the shower to it and everything. Okay, um, okay. <laughs> best TV series, musical or comedy is where we're going to start fighting because you're rooting Ugh. for... I am rooting for Hacks because I it is just incredible. I think Gene Smart is so amazing in it. It's just like so brilliantly and and it's just brilliant and wittily wittily is that the word written? Sure, wittily just written. smart. It's smart. It's amazing. Um, and you know I love a funny bitch and Gene Smart nails it. But I but it doesn't mean that I don't want the other one to win as well, which is my pick for the win is Abbott Elementary. I think that show is so smart, so funny. The performances are phenomenal. I laugh out loud by myself watching every single episode. It is just <laughs> one of the best comedies. And oh, so I, love I would it. want that to win. I definitely love like putting that on just like to just relax and go to bed too. Or like it's just so yes. it's just like one of those comedies that are just feel good, always yeah. funny. All just yeah, I love it. I think those are Wednesday. our individual picks, but I, yeah. I think as a collective, we would say Wednesday for the sake of Fear the Talking Queers. <laughs> of course. Well, it's like the wild card pick, like the one, the least yeah. likely to win, but at least we're we're happy it's nominated. Yeah, and it's quickly become almost one of the top stream shows of Netflix ever. So yeah. That's I mean, and, amazing. and it is completely viral right now. Like, I know in one of our previous episodes, I mentioned that it, the dance trend had just kind of taken off. Yeah. But now it is like, you can't scroll more than two little frames no. on your Instagram without seeing somebody doing that little dance. Yeah. Whether it's, it's to Bloody Mary or the yeah. song that's in the show or the yeah, White Lotus theme song. <laughs> literally, it's catapulted. Bloody Mary is now Gaga's most or I guess number one song on Spotify right now which is insane even Lady Gaga recreated the dance she did amazing wow amazing wow 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 the power of Jenna Ortega if I were Jenna Ortega (laughs) I would literally fall on the floor and be like my life isn't real this is just too much it's so overwhelming I'm sure Um, oh my god Best limited anthology or TV movie, the Dahmer is probably a, a strong contender in that category. But I loved Pam and Tommy. I know. We love Pam and Tommy. And that would be our pick, of course. <laughs> yeah, of course. But honestly, also, I know you haven't seen it yet, but The White Lotus Season 2 is also nominated yeah. in this category, which I honestly think should win because I think out of those three, it's probably the smartest if that makes sense, but... Right, of course. I mean, yeah, that that show in general, the first season, I mean, I, just from that alone, is just one of the smartest first seasons ever. And from what I've seen of the second season, about 40 minutes of the first episode, it's also, it's still brilliant. Mike White is so talented as a as a writer and director. And, um, yeah. Yeah, it's, it, it's great. So I'm rooting for that as well, because I will finish it this week. God damn it. Absolutely. And back to actresses, some of our favorite actresses. First of all, Zendaya, if she doesn't win for Best Actress in a Drama, episode five alone. I'm turning it off. I'm still traumatized by episode five. I'm traumatized by that episode, but her 
not because of her acting, but also because of, kind of because of her acting. She was yeah. so real in it. It was like, uh, uh, it's still where she chills. pulled that from. I don't know, but it was fucking phenomenal. Phenomenal. Um, and, but I mean, she does have some, she's up there with some other people, but I mean, she's got to take it. Here we go with the best actress in a comedy. Um, I'm rooting for Quinta Brunson of Abbott Elementary, of course. She's so fantastic in that um, show. So I'm definitely rooting for her. But this is also the same category where Jenna Ortega is nominated for Wednesday. Yeah, I and know. I love her too. And I she love did her great. too. She did, but you know who I gotta go for? I gotta go with Jean Smart. She is, she's, she won it last year for Hacks. Okay, and, um, so usually they're so repeat I'm, offenders. Yeah, or maybe they'll be like, "Hey, she got it already. Let's let's give it one of let's these these up. newbies." What if I said Selena Gomez? Lol. Yeah, I don't <laughs> think she's gonna win. Um, I also don't think this actress is gonna win for best limited series. But honestly, she should definitely be. I'm glad she's being considered as Lily James, playing Pamela oh, Anderson and Pam we and Tommy. Love her. She did a great job bringing, and I hope that her even being nominated for this will entice Pamela Anderson to at least look at some clips of Lily as her because I really think it's a love letter to Pamela but you know I, I can it, see her point of view as well and it's so done so respectfully and done in a way where Pam's story is uh, you know told in an incredibly empathetic way where yes. she, and so I just hope that she sees it as a compliment eventually yeah Okay, what about Best Actor in a Limited Series? Between Evan Peters and Sebastian Stan, who is more likely? Uh, Evan I'm... Peters being nominated for Dahmer, of course, and Sebastian Stan being nominated as Tommy Lee in Pam and Tommy. I mean, Evan Peters would probably deserve this award more. I mean, his sure. ca- it, however you feel about the existence of the Dahmer series in general, whether you it's think there. it's tasteless or not, it's there. Yeah. And his performance is pretty frightening, and he's committed to it. And honestly, I think Evan Peters is due for, for an, I think he's so talented and he's given so many talented performances before. Not that we should give awards based on previous, you know, projects, but um, I do think that he, uh, he put he, in, he, I, I think he, work. right. I do think that Dahmer was, you know, a, a really complicated role to take on and I thought he did it amazingly, but with our luck, it'll probably go to Andrew Garfield. <laughs> He's for great, too. For whatever this is we've never even heard of. Under the banner of heaven? No clue. Yeah, no, girl. Find me under the bleachers with Kevin. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so Best Supporting Actress, TV, Musical, or Comedy, Janelle James of Abbott Elementary. She literally is, like, the breakout star of that show, for me, at least. I love her character. I love her performance. She makes me laugh in every single episode, so I'm hoping it goes to her. But this last category that we're ready to discuss right now is probably the most loaded, because I want any of these actresses to win. So this is Best Supporting Actress in a limited series, anthology series, TV show, whatever. Um, Jennifer Coolidge for The White Lotus. All right. Niecy Nash. What's her new last name? Niecy Nash. Betts. Betts. Okay. As, uh, for her role in Monster, the Jeffrey Dahmer story. And Aubrey Plaza for the White Lotus season two, who is also really great. But honestly, I'm rooting for Niecy. Well, sure. I love Niecy. I think she she's... It's time for her 
for it's her recognition time. as well. I mean, if she didn't get nominated for playing Denise Hemfield, this is her Okay, <laughs> right. Of security enforcement solutions. <laughs> but you know what? Uh, speaking of Aubrey Plaza, I think she's already great in, again, the 40 Minutes of White Lotus that I have seen. But um, she's in this movie on Netflix right now called Emily the Criminal. Emily the Criminal. Whoa. What so a fucking good. So good. I was like... I was blown away by her. She is, you know, where's her from, nomination for that? Where is her nomination for that? Holy shit, she is incredible in it. And uh, honestly, if you haven't seen that movie, it is so relatable. It is just, I mean, for uh, you know, a, a, a millennial who's uh, yes. been dealt dealt a whole lot of student debt and um, you know, got to do what you got to do to make that coin. So, yeah, check it out. Check out Emily the Criminal if you haven't. Yeah, absolutely. And Jennifer Coolidge, of course, is a favorite amongst many fans of not yeah, just the White in, Lotus, in Renaissance. but all of her work, of any of her filmography. Um, yeah, Cinderella yeah. Story. I'm happy for her in this resurgence in her career. Uh, it's definitely worth it. Um, but these other performances might outshine hers just a bit more. And I really think that Niecy Nash was definitely committed to her role in that and um, very believable performance. So I definitely think that she deserves it, but right. yeah. Well, there we go. All right. That's the golden globes for you. And I think that we kind of have um, a lot of influence over the decisions that these kind of um, awards, how they go. <laughs> I, th- I think that we're the ones that tip the scale. <laughs> so. Yeah. So I, I know, I know the, uh, the Golden Globes committee, they um the, they listen. The, Hollywood, the Hollywood Foreign Press, is that who who decides the Golden Globes? I think it is. This. Um, I think <laughs> that I know that they are listeners of ours. And yeah, so fans, I, uh, even yeah. So yeah. we we might have just spoiled it all for you right here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But speaking of awards season, and this is not a joke, um, this movie that we are doing this week has been submitted for uh, Oscar consideration, and that is Terrifier 2. For what? I, bitch, I don't know, but I did see that. They're like, just submitted for Oscar. You know what? Good for them. Why Good not? for them. This was Why a movie not? that was at the tips of everyone's tongues this ha- uh, Halloween season. And this is why we're doing it for the holiday season because <laughs> it's Fear the Talking Queers. You know, we've done a lot of fucking Christmas movies here. We've done Krumpus. We've done all three of the black Christmas movies. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, we were like, let's let's shake it up. I mean, we could do Violent Night, but I have to go to the, th- the theater and, you know, who has the time? Yeah. Yeah, so, there's triple, um, the triple pandemic. No, 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 no. <laughs> We're going <laughs> to let's stay home and watch Terrifier 2. <laughs> yes, yes. So, um, yes, this brings us to Terrifier 2, which is a movie that has shaken the world. And I won't, I won't just say the horror community because I think it's expanded beyond that, probably yes. because of word of mouth. This movie has received so much press because of the insane amount of. Violence, violence and gore in it that it has Ooh. apparently caused people to vomit and pass out in the movie theaters and so that alone has like sparked that marketing so much sounds curiosity. familiar i know i know we've heard it all before like is this true <laughs> probably not but it's good marketing and people will yes. run to the theater to see it and it definitely intrigued us and um here we are today covering it. So yeah. I don't I don't think I don't think we would be covering it if 
that hype wasn't here, I will say. No, I no. I, I think that if it had performed similar to the first one, it definitely wouldn't be worth talking. I mean, we're not even going to do the first one. We're just going to jump straight into this one because this was a successful low-budget film. It yes. had a pretty decent theatrical release. And honestly, there are some theaters here in California yeah. who are still playing this still movie. Still playing it. Because it's it's an easy sell. Violence, you know, like this is this is kind of the f- movies that I expected coming out of the pandemic from the horror community. Just violence and just nonstop entertainment. <laughs> Three hours of nonstop entertainment. And yeah, that's exactly what this is. And this movie had like a $250,000 budget and has made over $10 million in the box Good office. for them. Good for them. Because it just, I mean, even though it's not necessarily our cup of tea I do think that movies like this do push the envelope a little bit further for horror movies because they're just get you talking about them again and then you know you go and see this really you know wild horror film and then the other ones (laughs) seem less you know uninhibited so yeah exactly (laughs) everything else seems like really palatable and you know if i can watch terrifier 2 i can can watch watch anything anything. (laughs) yeah honestly so why don't we just jump right into it let's do it yes this is terrifier 2 Speaking of surprises, kids, we have a very special guest with us today. Now, for a guy who doesn't speak, he sure makes a lot of noise. All the way from Miles County, please welcome Art the Clown! Terrifier 2, written and directed by Damien Leone. Our movie begins right after the events of the first film with the resurrection of Art the Clown, played by David Howard Thornton, who brutally murders the coroner, investigating his body. He then goes to the laundromat to clean his blood-soaked garments, where he encounters the little pale girl, played by Amelie McLean, a mysterious, sinister entity dressed in similar clown attire that seemingly only he can see. A year later, teenager Sienna Shaw, played by Lauren Lavera, puts the finishing touches on her Halloween costume, an angel warrior that was designed for her by her father, who recently passed away. Sienna's brother Jonathan, played by Elliot Fulham, wants to dress as art for Halloween after discovering sketches of him and his victims in their father's sketchbook. That night, Sienna has a nightmare where she encounters art and awakens to a fire on her dresser, while a sword that was gifted to her from her father remains unscathed. On Halloween, Sienna has a panic attack when her friends Allie, played by Casey Hartnett, and Brooke, played by Kaylee Hyman. Ooh, that name. <laughs> Gang girl. <laughs> Work. I know, oh my god. You think she chose the last name? Yeah, exactly, her chosen name. Is she a drag queen? Her father coined the term. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> The girls discuss the first film's final girl, Victoria Hayes, who had a public meltdown and mutilated a talk show host while being interviewed. Later, Sienna and Allie go to the costume shop to replace her burnt wings, where they encounter art. Her burnt wings. (laughs) (laughs) I hate when that happens. I like them crispy, not burnt. Right. (laughs) Send these back. (laughs) (laughs) Send these back. 
Art brutally kills the shop vendor and later breaks into Allie's home, where he theatrically mutilates her, slicing her eye, scalping her, filleting her back, breaking off one of her arms while tearing apart the other, and pouring bleach and salt on her wounds before ripping off half her face. Just to name a few things that he does. To I can this hardly woman. get through that without laughing. Sorry. <laughs> it's insane. <laughs> Allie's mother is also killed when she discovers her daughter's body. Jonathan shows Sienna and their mother, Barbara, played by Sarah Voigt, his father's sketchbook of art. It's filled with newspaper clippings of killings connected to him, revealing that the little pale girl was his first victim, Emily Crane, the daughter of circus performers. Jonathan believes her father knew how to stop art, but they do not believe him. After Barbara tears up the sketchbook and hits Jonathan, he runs away. Barbara then finds her car vandalized, and while cleaning it, she's killed by Art. When Jonathan returns home, he finds his mother's corpse, and Art chases after him before drugging and kidnapping him, stealing Sienna's sword in the process. At a Halloween party, Brooke spikes Sienna's drink with MDMA in an attempt to calm her, but she has a panic attack when she sees the little pale girl. Brooke and her boyfriend try to drive Sienna home, but the little pale girl impersonates Jonathan over the phone and lures Sienna to the Terrifier haunted attraction at a defunct carnival where Emily was killed. Art castrates and kills Jeff and chases Brooke into the haunted attraction before throwing acid on her face, bludgeoning her to death, and eating her heart. (laughs) That's all? (laughs) That's all, yeah. I know, she got off off pretty easy compared to Allie. (laughs) Sienna discovers Brooke's corpse and fights Art until he knocks her unconscious. She awakens to find Art using a cat of nine tails on her brother. She overpowers Art and begins attacking him with his own weapons. After Art is killed several times by Sienna and Jonathan, he continuously manages to resurrect. He kills Sienna with her father's sword, and she is seen submerged in a water torture cell. As Art attempts to eat Jonathan, Sienna is mysteriously resurrected by the sword before she decapitates Art, rescuing Jonathan. The little pale girl takes Art's head and leaves without attacking Sienna and Jonathan. In a mid-credit sequence, an institutionalized Victoria is throwing up before writing Vicky and Art in a heart and obscenities on the wall with her blood. She gives birth to Art's living head, leaving the horrified nurse screaming. The end. Oh my god, I have to say, this probably takes the cake for the most ridiculous synopsis we've ever read here on the show. (laughs) (laughs) And we've covered Sleepaway Camp too. (laughs) Yeah, and Killer Clowns from Outer Space. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, but this <laughs> takes the cake. Okay, let's try to like unpack a lot of this because this is a long ass movie. It's almost three hours it's long. A- yeah, I know. For and- a, a two and a half hour movie, we definitely condensed the synopsis just to just to get to the point, you know? Yeah, let's just do the highlights. And honestly, I'm gonna say that first right off the bat. In terms of storyline. I think that this movie needed a lot of editing. I think there were a lot of unnecessary scenes and moments that could have easily been cut out. So many. Some of them go on for so long. And you don't really know why. Just a lot lot of like padding in it. It's like this definitely could have been, you know, trimmed down. Like a two and a half hour slasher movie is a little excessive, I will say. But you know what? I've seen some people who are like, honestly, the the runtime just flew by it felt so short i'm like oh okay it doesn't feel short i I mean it definitely doesn't feel like it's almost three hours long but there are moments like you said that do feel one of the ones in particular that i feel is a little too long is her dream sequence because it is only a dream super long it does not need to be that long 
And I know that um, one of the people that we followed through Fear the Talking Queers was in that dream sequence. Um, Wait, I forgot his name. Um, uh, the guy, Francesco oh, the- Pretty Face or something like that. He always was dresses in the horror attire. Yes, he's in that scene. He's like oh the cute boy in the sling. Stop, mom. But I, I thought I recognized that guy. I was like, I've seen this person before. I was like, are these yes. musical theater actors or something? Like, do I know these people? <laughs> like, did I do a show with these people? <laughs> Probably. Yeah, literally. I mean, maybe. So, maybe. yeah, I, def- I knew I recognized that guy. Yeah. Hey. Um, I think one of the elements that they also add to this movie is um, the fact that art is kind of unkillable, like some of our, you know, favorite horror classics. Yeah. Um, but they take it, it seems- to the next level, <laughs> which I kind of like. I will say, okay. though, you know, this movie is so. It's so graphic. It's so, you know, over the top. But I will say, I think it ha- it's kind of fun at some points. I kind of do have a little fun with it. And I do think that adding this sort of fantasy element to it really elevated it for me. Uh, maybe other people disagree. Maybe they're like, you know, that yeah. the two genres don't mix that well. But I think like, ma- like taking like a... He's like a regular human person in the original Terrifier, but kind of making him this like, like representation of evil who is right. incapable of being killed. I think that kind of ups it a little bit, but gives us the opportunity to have a kind of like an original, fun uh, sort of blend of genres here because that gives us way for the character of like Sienna. Yeah, yeah, and I will say that I think that playing into that fantasy level of hero versus villain I do think that it did serve I think some areas were a little like okay what is happening but also I do think that it it the blend of genres I definitely think works because a huge part of the horror community um most of them are are nerds nerds. and most of them enjoy (laughs) you know fantasy aspects of storylines and video games and you know just stuff like nerds like and i think that that and that's okay we we, no judgment here we love it no judgment here if you like it i love it we let we're all part of the horror community so you know whatever floats your boat um but i do think that's that a lot of times those two worlds do mix in different aspects like video games so i think putting it into a movie and a movie like this which that can totally get away with it and also surprisingly didn't make it feel ridiculous it didn't it honestly felt like it worked pretty well i don't know i was like at first i was like no way i was like there's no way that this is sort of this like kind of fantastical almost homage to like sword and sorcery movies you know with like this angel warrior girl or like you know like those like old like Conan the Barbarian and uh, um, Damien Damien Leone even said that Red Sonia played by Miss oh uh, Bridget Nielsen Miss Bridget Nielsen (laughs) Foofy 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 Um, was like a big inspiration for what's her name? Well, Geta. What does he call her? Gita. Gita. Yo, Gita. <laughs> <laughs> In case you uh, don't know what we're talking about, because some yeah. of you may be nerds, we're talking about Flavor Flav and Brigitte Nielsen's teeny <laughs> Hollywood romance. <laughs> yes, yeah, so of the early aughts. Yes. <laughs> um. So yeah. So there is specific reference there to like those kind of eighties. Um fantasy movies is like 
where they were like oh, like fantastical yeah. but also like kind of sexy you know they, yeah they're, they're like oh they're kind of cheesy but fun like those like you know the ones with Arnold Schwarzenegger and just those I can totally see that because she looks like she's been plucked out of a movie like Labyrinth or Return yeah. to Oz or yeah, um, exactly the Princess Bride like stuff like yes. that like that and it's that's kind of cool when you put it that way and you do realize that because a lot of the references of Terrifier in general are some of those early 80s, 80s. sort of like low more low budget sequels of the heavy hitters like Halloween and yeah. um, Friday the 13th and stuff like that so I do think that putting those kind of in the same realm works well yeah. also Wow, and one that was and good. one of one of my favorite things right off the bat when this movie started, like we have that first sequence that happens where we kind of get a conclusion to Art, you know, the ending of Terrifier yeah. One, where Art wakes up, and then we get like the laundromat scene and whatever. But then we get this opening credit sequence, which has a song in it by one of my favorite new bands. No, they're not even they're they're not a new band, but a band that I discovered recently. Um, mm-hmm. called The Midnight and the song Equalizer Not Alone is the song that plays and I love like their genre of music is called retro wave or synth wave but that music uh, is yes. like is an homage to that 80s synth pop of that of yesteryear which is I think a perfect way to sort of usher us into this world that is for sure an homage to this old classic just grindhousey, yeah, '80s movies where it's just gore and you know no holds barred, like just you know those type yes. of movies. And um, I think having the midnight as like our segue into there that really like excited me for it right off the bat. I was like, yes, it, it excited me. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, that'll definitely be in the marketing for when we um, yes put this on our Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> yes, for sure, for sure. Should we get to the characters? Let's dissect yeah, let's do- these kids. First of all, Art the Clown. I mean, I mean David uh... Howard Thornton does the damn thing. Like, he probably is creating one of just some very iconic moments for a character that I do feel obviously is part of something like this that's an instant cult classic. And yeah. will probably continue on with the sequels. And the way he just does the facial expressions and the movement is so fucking creepy. Okay, but also so fucking funny. I think Art the Clown is hilarious. In yes. A, I mean, it's demented as it is. Like, I am, I was like laughing at some of the things he was doing because he is so funny. Like, Art the yes. Clown is hilarious. Like, just, just that's, okay, one of my favorite scenes in the whole movie is the costume shop scene. You know, yeah. when, so the you know Sienna's like she's trying to replace her wings. She goes to this costume shop, and Art happens to be there and sort of stalks her around the store. And some of the things he does are so funny. Like, and I know it's become iconic, like now, like it's one of the most like famous images from this movie. But when he's at that sunglass rack and he's yes. trying on the sunglasses, and they kind of cut back to her, and she's like terrified, and she's like trying to like hurry the sales guy to finish her purchase and then it cuts Mm. back to him and he has like a new pair of sunglasses on and it cuts back to her (laughs) and then it cuts back to him and then he has those sunflower glasses on the sunflowers with his his mouth open that shit is funny i don't know why so good and those moments of him just sort of in tableau 
aren't yes. really great. Like, it's so great because it's creepy. But like you're saying, it does have this humorous element to it, which yeah. totally plays into the clown aspect of right. his character. It's and That's I, really good. Right. And I think it also reminds us that this is not to be taken that seriously. The tone yeah. of this movie is not like super serious right like no, so yeah so for me that helps compartmentalize a little bit or at least like distance myself from thinking that like this movie is from grounded. taking it seriously yeah from yeah. like grounded in reality and i'm watching real depictions of hu- people being like mutilated like yes obviously we're watching people being mutilated horribly but that added element of uh Comedy. It's a spoonful of sugar. Yeah, exactly. It, it just makes it go down just a little bit sweeter, and I can just be yes. like, "This is this is heightened reality. Like this is this is ridiculous." And so I can kind of enjoy it more that way. And I yeah. will say that David Howard Thornton, I guess before he ever played Art the Clown, he's like, "I was I had nothing to do with the horror genre." He's like, "I was in comedy," and it makes so much sense. And because yeah. because his com- his comic timing, even for a character that has no dialogue, is so spot on. And, yeah, his uh, physical comedy. His physical is, comedy is great. Yeah, and that's a, I'm pretty sure. I mean, considering that people already have a hard time with comedic timing, yeah, doing physical comedic timing is probably even that much more challenging. Totally. Like any time, any time that he laughs without making sound. It's funny to me. <laughs> like he looks funny. Dude. <laughs> oh yeah, that silent yeah. laughter. Like, and it's always like in the most brutal moment. You know, it's like when he. When is it? Like, it's usually like a, like a shrug after he's like mutilated yeah. Allie, like, or it's like the the uh, laugh, or like it's the sort laugh of that the when, I love Lucy moment. Yes, like yes, yeah the. Mm, wah, wah. Oh, who <laughs> me? Isn't yeah. this funny? Like Did that, I do that? Yeah, literally. <laughs> yeah, <Oracle>. Like <laughs> that that makes that makes me laugh. And I, I really enjoyed I really enjoy his performance as art, as terrifying as art is. Because visually, he's terrifying looking. Like I was Absolutely. watching I was watching this and Joey was asleep. And um <laughs> I was nervous for Joey to wake up because I just didn't want him to look at the screen and see art and be like, what the fuck are you watching? And so, <laughs> because he is terrifying. He looks scary. And Damien yeah. Loney, he's like, you know, the inspiration for art's look is a mix of obviously a clown, but mm. also um, uh, a depiction of a witch and the devil. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the bone structure. <laughs> yeah, ex- yes, ex- yeah, the bone structure of the devil, the nose of the witch, and then the look of a clown. The look of a clown. Yeah, he's really terrifying. Even just like how his gums are black and his teeth are all <laughs> bloody and jagged. And, but yeah, huge, everything all looks scary. Teeth. Yeah, yeah, it, he's really fucking scary. And honestly, the makeup and costuming for the little pale girl was equally as good. Like, <laughs> yes. I feel like she Her- was so good as well. She's so good. Her hair coming through that hat is so funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, kind of, looks like kind of an afterthought, but it works. It works. <laughs> I loved it. I thought it was so, very funny. Let's just like tease your hair out of this uh, cone hat. Um, <laughs> yeah. I thought she did really well matching his energy. Miss, yeah. Amelie um, McLean. Miss. Yeah, Amelie, she did a yeah. great job Amelie. matching his energy because that 
can't be an easy task, especially for somebody of a young age who yeah, may not I mean, quite understand every aspect of this movie, but she yeah, was but really she, creepy throughout. She was creepy this. and she also made me laugh. Like at the very end, when Art's head is chopped off and you're like, oh no, is she gonna be upset about it? And then she picks up the head and then she ha- <laughs> then she starts laughing as like pretending that the head is whispering in her ear. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, I was like, this movie is so fucking weird. So just, wild. So wild. Actually, one of my favorite art moments is with the little pale girl. And it's when they first meet and they start playing like patty cake oh, yes. in the laundromat. But then they cut to the point of view of the patron of the laundromat. <laughs> and it's just art doing it by himself and his but naked. Yeah. Oh, he's naked. He's fucking uh-huh. naked. <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine taking a nap in a laundromat and waking up and seeing that? I would immediately run. Run. Run for your fucking life. That is so fucking scary. Yeah. Like, <laughs> oh my God. That is crazy. Uh, what about Miss Sienna? She's our heroine of this movie, um, played by Lauren Levera. Honestly, I'm a big fan of the character of Sienna. I really I really yeah. liked her. I thought she was I thought she was yeah. a final girl worth rooting for. She really was. And I do think that her acting, and I will say Compared to the original film, the actors oh. of this movie, they brought it because they brought it so much. They in outshined Oh, they outshined every performance in the first film. 100%. Like, and she sort of led the way. And I think that yeah. she was really strong. I don't believe, just like in any other movie, but this one in particular, I was like, Sienna, Ali, and Brooke are not teenagers. I was no. like, oh, passing them off as high schoolers was a joke. Yeah, why didn't they make them, like, college students or something? Especially because they go out to a bar later and they're, like, ordering drinks. And I'm like, and they're at a club on Halloween. I'm like, who are you fooling? What is this, Gossip Girl? I know. And that has me thinking. I was like, wait, I was so confused. Once they were in the club, I was confused. I was like, wait, when I, first of all, when I first saw them in school, I was like, are they in high school or in college? And then they were at the club and I'm like, then they must be in college. Like, are they teachers? (laughs) Maybe it was like us, like community college. Like when I mean, we went maybe. to the community college and it was just like a group of us that I would mean, just hang around. Did they ever say specifically that they're in high school? They don't. But in this synopsis that somebody wrote on Wikipedia that we stole, it says teenager. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <laughs> maybe she is. I, she, to me, she looks like she's at the community college with her girls. Yeah. Just like we did. Just like we did. And there, there's some, um, there is some relatable content to her character as well you know her father just passed away yeah and he made this character that she wants to be for halloween with the angel warrior and i mean also her talents i've never seen a high schooler be able to pull something like this off but oh that my costume God. is fucking and honestly once she has it on i'm like fire uh, maybe the costume designer should get an oscar because okay. that, that, I costume that costume is fantastic those wings are are hot like I know I said last week that I was like, oh my God, maybe I'll be Enid from Wednesday for Halloween. But I'm like, bitch, maybe I'll get some confidence and maybe I'll be Miss Sienna for Halloween. From Terrifier 2. <laughs> yes, okay. okay. With that one. Oh yeah, the little braid on the side. I sent it to my friend who has like this smoking hot bod. Right? She's like a fucking CrossFit bodybuilder with huge tits. Anyway, <clears throat> and uh, <laughs> I was like, I was like, girl, I was like, you need to be this character for Halloween. She's like, oh my god, yes! So I love the costume design. I think it's so good. I love like the this so like good. the stripes on her eyes, like the kind of like yes, gold scratches. Yeah. I love the gold embellishments on the like on the wings that she sprays. I love that shot of like the spray paint on the wings. It was like. Whoosh. And you just see yes. them becoming gold. I was like, ooh, 
she, she looks like a superhero, which is perfect because that's kind of what she becomes in the end. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, she looked fantastic. And I think her, I think her trajectory in this film is also really great. I don't like like how traumatized she is throughout like you know like she's having these panic attacks that sort of seem like unreasonable but I mean whatever who am I to judge you know mental health is a serious issue (laughs) right exactly like she's like really affected I mean maybe it's just from you know having that dream about art and then she's like kind of paranoid and everybody's all of a sudden bringing art up to her and finding out that art is connected through her dad somehow like I guess that would make me panic too but yeah, I know. Yeah. Like, maybe maybe it could have been slightly different, like, how we yeah. approached her at first. And that brings us to the brother. So the brother, he's sort of, like, uh, kind of not, I don't know. He's not fully fleshed out, but I don't know if that's just because of this boy's performance. Um, I know. He's, he's not he, the best child actor ever. He's but, not the uh, best child actor. He does have a YouTube channel that I watched I'm him. Bring it. <laughs> and it's called Little Punk Kid, or what is it called? Something like Little Punk Kid or something like that. And uh, okay, he, work. he, uh, <laughs> he, I watched an interview of him interviewing Lauren Libera. It was very cute. And it was like in his bedroom and they talked about how much they enjoyed working with each other. But yeah, he's not like the, how cute. He, he's not like the best actor ever. And I don't really, his character almost seemed a little bit like a nuisance to me. Like I was like, okay. Let's he, he's this, yeah. to be, to be honest, I think that. I don't know. His character was annoying to me because I don't know if of all the things that Damien Leone was like willing to do on screen, I guess the one thing he wasn't was to kill a 12 year old. And so we spent, we (laughs) spent a lot of time. Yeah, exactly. But (laughs) so we spent a lot of time watching Jonathan sort of just be tortured by art instead of actually being killed and CNS constantly having to save him because every five seconds he's either being whipped or eaten or something and it's like okay just like let's remove Jonathan from the situation for a little bit <laughs> yeah that makes sense and that's my opinion. I think I think one of his only purposes is to sort of want to emulate art and because the father's sketchbook and stuff that's one part of the storyline though that I don't think is ever fully realized yeah, I know they, they don't really I mean maybe in a future installment way they will but yeah that should that could have been a little more that could have been way more fleshed out actually I mean like the idea is introduced that like their father has some sort of psychic connection to the murders in the first film he had some sort of brain tumor I guess that you know I don't know connected him to art where he was like drawing pictures of the victims and but it's like okay but why why I know. I'm like, maybe they'll, maybe they're saving that explanation for Terrifier Three. Maybe they really want you to get involved in the storyline. But I'm like, they really did a lot of like build up from the dream, the the fire in the room, and the sword, and the characters, yeah. and the sketchbook, and but then it all kind of goes to shit at the end. You're like, okay, so wait, what was happening? I guess we're supposed to put it together, like, oh, he was on his. I, I don't know. I, it doesn't make sense to yeah, me. But, but it's like I I understand what they were doing, but like why? how was he onto something? Why was he like, why him specifically? What is his connection to it? Other than, and why is this sword unscathed in this fire? And yeah, like, like what, what are our answers to these questions? Yeah. Like what was their father? Some sort of like wizard. <laughs> yeah. I mean, at this point, who knows? They, they're introduced. The, the way that this universe is unfolding is, I mean, it's getting wilder and wilder. So, 
you know, this is not of our universe. So, like, what's happening? Yeah. You know? Exactly. But, I get, anus thing is possible. Anus thing is possible. Speaking of anus, let's get to the character of the mother. Um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I don't know why that what that has to do, yeah. but honestly... She's kind of an anus. <laughs> she's yeah, she's kind of a bitch. Um, but honestly, she, she had some of my she had my one of my favorite performances in this movie. Really? We did the synopsis well, didn't mention her too often, but I I really enjoyed her as a stressed out mother yelling at her kids. <laughs> oh my god! I I mean I guess it has nothing to do with her performance. Her performance is good. I think the yes. writing of her character is so ridiculous. The way that she just like flies off the handle. Like, it's weird. Like, she has, like, a strange imbalance of, like, she was, like, pretty motherly and just sort of, like, a concerned mother. Then all of a sudden would just go into these, like... She's hitting her kid. Rampage and rampages where she was, like, (laughs) beating her kid and screaming and being like, what the fuck? What the fuck is that? And you're like, oh, my God, this woman needs therapy. I love that about her character. I, I, I mean, really enjoyed Barbara. And I really enjoyed um, the way she was played. Yeah, I enjoyed both. I loved the the character of the mother. And honestly, when she yeah. died, Andre when said, her... well, there goes the best character. Oh, my God. Okay, well, I, there we go. I was like, I right? I enjoyed her... her, too. I love watching her her scalp hit the wall. That was funny. <laughs> In slow <laughs> And her whole face explodes from that gunshot. So. Uh, oh, that okay. That it was the most unrealistic part. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, that was. Um, there's also a little bit of imbalance in the performances with the characters of Brooke and Allie. I definitely think that the actress who plays Brooke is better than the actress that plays Allie. Allie's sort yeah. of hailed in comparison to her friends. She's pretty wooden. No offense to her. Oh, yikes. Yeah, but no, it's true. Like, she just was not serving it. And so by the time yeah. she's getting murdered, it's the most theatrical murder. It's the most ridiculous murder. But yeah. I kind of was like, oh, well, who cares? Because honestly, she wasn't serving up a performance like the other two were, so. Yeah. Miss Casey, you know... <laughs> I think you gave a fine performance. Definitely better than any performance in the first one, like we said. I just think that in the trio of girls, that performance was... And maybe it's because she... No, you know, she just paled in comparison to the other two. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. She was definitely more, like, wooden than the rest. But Miss Brooke, I think she gives... <laughs> I think... Yeah, I think she gives a, a great performance, Miss Brooke. Oh, Miss Brooke is the girl f- from all the 80s movies that we love. You know, oh, like, yes. just she is kind the, of pushy. The, the she drugs her girl. friend. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> she reminds me of Tina. Oh, literally, yeah. I was, my mouth was forming the sentence. Tina. Um, she reminds me of Tina of Halloween 5. Yes. But, that's what you're talking about, right? Because there's a few Tinas, but yes. Tina from Halloween 5. Yes. Yeah. I thought so yeah. as well. No, Tina the talking thinking... tummy. That's what I was talking about. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was thinking of, or Tina from A Night on Elm Street, but that's oh, yeah. not really oh, your yeah, character. Yeah, yeah. This is Tina from Halloween 5, for sure. And, yes, this is um, Tina from Halloween 5. She gave me the 80s vibe, the sort of like 80s mean girls best friend vibe. Like, I loved, yeah. I loved her performance, too. As, what was as her costume? Spirit. Is she a, like a Bavarian? She like... was kind of like a... <laughs> Uh, 2007's version of a pirate. Yeah, something. I was like, what is she? <laughs> An Iberian gypsy? Yeah, Bavarian gypsy. Oh, like. Bavarian. 
Yeah, I don't know. I will say that they spent probably the most money on Miss Sienna's costume. So the rest of the (laughs) costumes in the club just seemed a little... uh, They didn't even give Jeff a costume. They said, you get a (laughs) t-shirt. They were like, we're going to put all of our efforts into Miss Sienna's costume. Yeah, exactly. Which, you know, I understand that. (laughs) Okay, let's get to, honestly... Why the why everyone was talking about this movie, which is yeah. the kills. Oh, right. <laughs> okay. Um, which one do we want to start with? Uh, let's start from. Uh, I mean, the top is kind of what I expect in a terrifier film. The corner getting hammered in the head. It's like okay, yeah, sure. And then we have some off-screen like, like, kills yeah. here and there. You know, yeah, but, the the knife in the head and the laundromat. It's all one of them that stuff, you know. Yeah, yeah. One of them that I was kind of like, okay, like it was very in your face, but also like a little grindhousey in the way that like you obviously know this is not real. And that was the uh, murder of the uh, the vendor of the Halloween costume shop. Yes, the murder of the shopping vendor. Uh, he like as the blood was coming out from his head, like it just seems like a little too orangey, you know. And it seems which I thought fit the the look of the film. Like you're saying, those callbacks to the eighties. That's the that's very present to where you know the reference. So I don't mind that the blood is orange or whatever. I yeah. just thought that it kind of didn't match the the graphics or the effects of all the other murders. It kind of was uh, the oddball for me. Yeah. And I was like, this is a little weird, but yeah. sure. Yeah, he gets like beheaded. That poor guy. He was just trying to do his job and art just over there fucking causing a, causing a ruckus in this fucking Halloween shop. But I do like when uh, he like drops down like when he's like telling him to get out and he's like and he comes back up and he starts like paying with coins change yes you know, the change I thought that was funny those are really clever moments honestly the art is art is let's fucking... be honest the star of the show oh like, absolutely give me a break <laughs> he's, he's so funny everything he's he does so is so good okay this murder Allie uh, should we just get into the bedroom scene because it is it's, this is the scene so like I said earlier in the episode you know, the rumor is, is that people have been fainting and vomiting from this movie. And it is specifically about this scene in general, this bedroom scene that has really fucked people up because it is so graphic. It's like, I've never seen anything. Joey came home and I was watching it for the second time, you know, taking my notes and he got in a bed and this was literally the the next scene. And I was like, okay. I, I stopped the movie and I said, <laughs> okay. I was like, just be prepared that this is going to be really graphic. He's like, yeah. He's like, whatever. Like, whatever. Okay. I'm like, <laughs> okay. I'm just letting you know. So then <laughs> it fucking starts happening. And Joey was like, hand over his mouth was like, oh, oh my. Oh my God. What, oh, what the? F- oh my. He was like laughing hysterically, but like also shocked and was like, like watching his reaction to it was kind of gratifying because I was like, this is, this is probably <laughs> what the movie wanted. This is what Damien Leone wanted when he made this movie. Yes, it was like the perfect absolutely. reaction to it, but um, it's also incredibly warranted because the scene is so, so it's so gross. <laughs> it's so it's gross. so gross. And I think it's not so much the murder of it all. It's the mutilation. Like the mutilation. even the, in the synopsis, slicing her eye. 
scalping her, flaying her back, breaking one of her arms <clears throat> while tearing apart the other, and pouring bleach and salt on the wounds before ripping off half of her face. It is that I think was the moment that got me was the the scalping and then the tearing of the face. I was like, yeah. Oh uh, my god. I think that I would have preferred it to cut before the salt <laughs> and the bleach. <laughs> like, like once that salt and the bleach happened, I was like, oh my God, stop. I literally was like in my mind going, please stop. Like, <laughs> we get it. I had my hand to my chest the entire time because everything leading up to this, I mean, we heard about how graphic and disgusting and disturbing it was. And I, I like the kills, I was like, this is pretty standard stuff. Like, the, you know, the, the vendor, I was like, that's kind of, you know, equivalent to the murders and barbarian that we, we were talking yeah. about last week. But or- Halloween um, Kills, which was... Too, yes. for, at that point, I felt like Halloween Kills was some of the most graphic killing I had seen in, in recent times. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. But this really took the cake. I oh, was like... Oh, my God. Hand to chest, hand over mouth the whole time. I was like, yeah. this is the <laughs> most absurd shit I have ever seen in my life. It was like... Not the- just... In, on a movie, just in general. <laughs> like, the part that really gets me is when he breaks her arm and then tears her arm off as if her arm is made of, like, I don't know. Pastrami. Gum. gum. <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, like and, and here's the thing. And this is, I think, the point uh, where I specifically was like, okay, I, I have to view this now as, like, just really impressive visual effects. Like I start, like when I started yes. thinking about it like that, where I ha- where I sort of had to be like, okay, this is just like really impressive. Wow, like the fact that they accomplished this and that they, you know, created these molds of these people and you know, like and just ripped they- them apart. Right, exactly. <laughs> I was like, okay, like I had to almost start thinking of it like that because it was like if I was like really invested and you know really thought of it as like you know this is really happening to somebody I would have been like I can't take this but you know once I sort of I I had to like disassociate a bit yeah and be like wow this are really impressive visual effects good for them they really can and honestly they they do they really do. do That is some really impressive stuff, especially by the time we get to when the mother finds her and her body's just there, oh. limbless, being cut yes. open still. It was like, holy right. shit. And like the amount of work, you do have to applaud the amount of work that well, went yeah. into this movie. It's just phenomenal. Because it's <laughs> the majority of it is practical effects. I mean, it's almost yeah. 99% practical effect. And... um that's you know, so impressive. Which is so, and, and he said that one of the only visual effects in that scene is that they had to superimpose her eyes onto the dummy that they had created when when Art is sawing her at the end when uh, the mom yeah. walks in. The mom, yes, that makes total sense. And that honestly, that visual is really creepy because oh, yeah. it's just like this lifeless body, but her eyes are still like moving. And yeah. I was like, oh my God, she's still like, alive living through this. How? It was a very uncomfortable visual. But honestly, they did what they wanted to do. Yeah, that, they, they did it very well. It's a very successful um, execution. And they pushed that fucking envelope. They pushed it as far, I mean, 
further than there is no envelope no it's gone that's true the envelope (laughs) is gone it's in the shredder like it's it's literally yeah it's in the landfill with michael myers body yeah exactly (laughs) (laughs) and honestly everything after that is very easy to swallow it still makes you uncomfortable though like the the castrating Jeff. I thought that was, I was like, ah, Oh my God. I'm literally like grabbing like pieces of my body that are being mutilated on screen because I'm like, yeah. Oh my God. It just insane. The whole torture stuff in the terrifier haunted attraction, like Brooke yeah. really gets it too. She gets, I was it, pretty, like, she gets it pretty badly. I was like rooting for her in this moment when she like, you know, she felt she fell down one too many times for me, but whatever she had, a, she had a <laughs> leg wound. Okay. She gets into that also. I'm like, why? Why the shit on the walls? Like, why is there shit on the walls? Like, I like, I don't I, I don't want to like imagine how this movie smelled. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. She grabs that like two by four, right? And she's like threatening to hit art, you know? And I'm like, okay. Yeah. I was like, maybe Miss Brooke is gonna defend herself. Not not expecting her to live, but at least, you know, get a good whack in there or something. She did kick him in the face earlier. But then behind his back, he's got that acid, and I'm like, ugh. Cheap move, Art. Fucking cheap. cheap. You fucking fucking cheap bitch. And throws that acid in her face. And I'm like, ah. Acid in the face. That's so awful. And honestly, I'm like, where does where did they come up with these? Where did he come up with these ideas? Like, oh, and then I know. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Fucking god. You know, he's a clown. He's got endless tricks up his sleeve. Mm-hmm. I'm appreciative that he didn't, that Damien uh, didn't try to keep up the theatrics and <laughs> audacity of Ali's murder throughout the movie. Thank God. Because had was... that been the case, it would have been exhausting. really rough to get through. Yes, exhausting. Because at the end of the day, we have to use our brain to tell itself that this isn't real. That what yeah. we're witnessing is is not real. And like you said, compartmentalizing, like, wow, what really impressive visuals. Because at the <laughs> yeah. end of the day, what our eyes are seeing can trick our brain. Seriously. <laughs> like, this is kind of, this is uh, one of these things that can desensitize an entire generation. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It is so, yeah, it's like sadistic. Or it's like, and you're like, oh my God, the people that made this are fucking psychotic. These are psychotic I can't imagine people. being on set. Like, oh my god! Oh, I'm sure. Looking I'm sure at was, this shit every day. Oh, I'm sure they probably had a fucking blast. You know what's funny? I, I was. I was <laughs> yeah, um, Damien uh, Damien Leone was like, you know, he's like, my mom is a huge horror fan. Like, he's like, I was named after the Omen or whatever, and so he's like, I was really excited. Oh, that makes he's, total sense. You know, so he's like, he was really excited to show his mom, and um, he's like, and she hated the movie. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess it's not a movie for moms, but I mean, no, I, I mean, if your mom is saying, "I love horror movies, I love The Exorcist and and The Omen," and then yeah. she sees this, it's like that's not even this in the is, same yeah, <laughs> realm. This is not in the same category of horror that I like. <laughs> she likes sophisticated horror. Yeah, okay. Um, she, she likes that old 60s, 70s elevated horror. Okay, she's right. a classy lady, Miss. She likes Last Night Soho. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh my god! And what other kill? What is there another kill that happens at this point? Um, no, I think it's Sienna's kill is kind of like, I mean, you oh. know, her sword, you know, kill. It's kind of like that was sort of the moment I think that I was discussing or where I mentioned 
that sometimes the fantasy element is a little over the top. And I think it's when we get to her in the uh, water cell. Oh, yeah. And she's sort of like overcoming and it's like this golden dream of light. Oh, I loved it. You know. To you me, love that? Oh, to me, oh, well, it felt like, great. I was like, I was like, oh, this feels like something cheesy, like a Flash Gordon or like, you know, those like eight yeah. che- cheesy, like sword and sorcery okay. movies. Like I was like, I bought into it. I was into this. Like, I was hoping that she would come out and like sh- her angel wings would be like real. Like I was like wanting to go <laughs> full- because like you have to think of it like, okay, Might if, as well. if art is brought back to life, he's like resurrected by what I'm assuming we don't get answers. I assume it has to do with the little pale girl. To me, I'm like, okay, she has to be maybe the reason why he's back or she's at least somehow connected to it. Either way, I think Art has been brought back because he is like, he's almost like earned his way into being like an agent of hell or something, you know? He's like okay. the personification yes. of, of evil. And so I was like, okay, I was like, that makes Sienna's character this character who has these like angel wings and she's like this warrior a warrior angel right that she is going to be the personification of good you know so I was hoping like you know she would just come out and like they would have this like epic yes imagine when she flew out (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean I'd just be like whatever at this point Why, why not why not? This but, movie is so ridiculous, but it knows yes. it's ridiculous. So why not go there? Exactly. Yeah, sure. So I was and like, you know, when her little wound like closes because and it's like flash or it's like, you know, lit up. I was like, okay, I was like, this is fun. This is like eighties cheese. I'm into it. Yeah. And it I must have it something so to do with the sword and the, you know, whatever. I mean, I guess hopefully he expands on that idea in Terrifier Three. I'm sure there's yeah. one coming. Um but I mean, until we get the real explanation, I love that idea that of what it was inspired by because it definitely changes my interpretation right. of it. Right, I was exactly. like, this is kind of stupid and ridiculous. But now that you're saying it sort of harkens back to the movies of the 80s, like Conan yeah. the Barbarian and all those fantasy movies around that time, I'm like, I can totally see that. Especially with right. the wings. There's something about wings in the wings 80s. Wings and like, the swords <laughs> yeah. and the... Yeah, and I think I that, and to me, it that just makes like makes it sense. such like a vast improvement on the original, which is literally plotless. It's just art sort of showcasing what he what he does, which is just murder, and that's all it was. Yeah. There was no plot. Yeah, and not that there's much plot in this one, but at least it takes an approach that makes it original. And I was like, okay, yeah. I can I can get behind this. You know, who else has made a movie like this? A blend of these specific genres. And I was like, yes. I was like that. And and having like the build up to like Sienna's like resurrection as you know the the warrior princess. Per, yeah, the warrior princess. Whatever. <laughs> I was like, when she comes back out uh, out of the pit. Out of the the water tank, whatever. I was like, yes, bitch. I was like, yes. Give it to me, Goro. Kick yeah. his ass, and she does, and they fucking fight. Um, he doesn't put up as much of a fight as I would hoped. He kind of like she kind of comes out swinging and just lops. They were like, we gotta off. end this. Yeah, we yeah. gotta end this. Which honestly, <laughs> honestly, you're right. Like the movie's yes. too long. The movie's way too long. So like, let's just it chop is. his head off and let's let's be done with it. But um, yeah, yeah I, w- I was like super into the to. To that idea and you know her coming out and coming out swinging and she she fucks that bitch up okay and then to and to conclude 
Um, we have a sort of the tie-in to the original movie with um, Victoria, who was the uh, uh, final girl of the original. We kind of get a glimpse of her. She's all crazy looking. Um, yeah. Or excuse me, she looks... <clears throat> She looks like, you know, she's severely scarred from her injuries <laughs> in the first one. And, um, she's crazy and looking. That prosthetic is ridiculous. <laughs> uh, yeah. I feel like I there's like, like parts right. of her face that like aren't. They're like where, coming off. Yeah. Still bleeding. Like, yeah. Like her, ma- her mouth feels like it's like on the side of her face now, which I'm like, that doesn't seem possible. Um, yeah. They kind of did a lot with that. Um, <laughs> But, you know, she, she was on a talk show and she went crazy and she snapped and she mutilated the talk show host. And then at the end, we get this visual of her giving birth to Art's head that Sienna did. Like, so what do you, what do we think that means? Do we not think anything of it until the next one comes out? <laughs> I don't know. That, this is one of the storylines in here that I honestly don't get. Like, why, what the purpose of, like, having that character involved, like, in the effort to edit down this movie, I would have cut out anything about that bitch from the first movie. I don't care about and that. I think part of it was that the first one was really treasured with a with a much smaller audience. Sure, sure, sure. But um, so I think that he did that out of I don't know the fan for the fandom sake. Sure. But honestly, it wasn't necessary because yeah. and honestly, the first installment of this franchise is All Hallows Eve. But even yeah. though art is not very prominent in that film, yeah. it's still like that's still kind of like the first. And nobody cares about if any of those characters come back. So I don't right. think it was totally yeah. necessary. And it also, but... and I also didn't understand it. Like why? Like she snapped because is she like possessed? Is she? What's what is happening? What is her connection? And what happened with? Emily, like, do you, his victims, sort of become? Yeah, like, do they like, but being in their his presence, do they, do they, somehow become accessible to evil spirits, or is the is it like a vampire she... bite, or yeah, you know, like, what is it? It's not really fleshed out. It's kind of confusing. So that makes this post credit scene starring Chris Jericho, WWE superstar. Um, <laughs> It just makes it sort of weird, and also just like, ugh, I'm, the amount of vaginal bleeding in this movie is like too much or something for me. There's something psychological there. Yeah, I'm yeah like, why? Um, like, especially when it when the little pale girl when she first shows up and immediately just like drops a bucket of blood from her fucking between her legs. I was like, ew, why was that necessary? <laughs> I know, yeah. In a movie yeah, where not- Ali's death happens, I'm like, ew, why is that necessary? But it's also like, but why? <laughs> but why? Yeah, but why? truly. Um, well, yes, I hope that if Terrifier 3 comes out, and I'm sure it will um, oh, yeah. after the success of this film, I hope that he ties up a lot of these loose ends and answers a lot of questions. Um, and honestly, I hope he keeps refining the storytelling and... Uh, you know, Terrifier 3, who knows, might be the best one of the franchise if he gets, you know, a hold of all of the ideas and really chops and edits yeah. where it's necessary and Absolutely. refines the storytelling. Because by by no means is he a horrible storyteller. This is a very this decent is well film. Done. Yeah. Very well done. Very well done. And I, it took some convincing on my part to convince you to even do this I movie. I know. You were, I know. You were like not, I was like, trust me, it's a vast improvement over the original. Yes. Which is Wh- true. Which is true. Which is true. It, it took me a second just because I was like, I I know what's coming. I know it's going to be really gross. I know. But honestly, I'm 
I was pleasantly surprised. Yeah, I and I honestly am surprised that this conversation went as smoothly as it yeah, did. As positively because I, as it did. I thought that we were going to find the things that other people were finding to just trash it. Because while there are some very big fans of this movie, there are also a lot of people who are ripping sure. it apart. It's too long. It's too this. It's too that. Yeah. Which I think we acknowledge. Sure, we do. But I, it has its flaws. It's not a perfect film. And there's so much no. that could have been done, whatever. Of course. Yeah. But how this film turned out and for what, who's the audience is, this is a horror movie's horror movie. And so it's kind of, this is great in that aspect. Wait, hold on. We forgot the most important character in the entire film. Miss Felissa Rose as Mrs. Principe. My (laughs) God. I said Felissa. Okay, there's this whole section that was not even in the synopsis yes. where J- uh, Jeremy, Jonathan, finds, uh, sees the little pale girl and Art playing outside with this dead possum. And he goes outside and he actually finds the dead possum. And he gets in trouble by the most strict principal, or whoever she is, yes. I've ever seen. She was so mad. Life. She, she said, was so pissed. She said, I'm going to be committed to this role. I'm going to give it all I got. This is a no-nonsense woman. She's got a job yes. to do. And Miss Felissa Rose delivered. Good for Miss Felissa Rose. You know, <laughs> she has definitely maintained her status. What little status she has in the little, horror community. Yes. I, I think, okay, she's you know, going to show up to every convention, take every, every convention. picture, and you are not about to forget me. And I'm sorry. I mean, I, I know she is a beloved icon of the underground horror community, but... I prefer Pamela Springsteen. Oh! <laughs> okay. All right. You heard it here first. I want to see Miss Pamela Springsteen up in here in regulating some three. rules in the school. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was watching an interview and um, uh, Damien Leone was, or somebody asked him like what other like horror icons would he want in the franchise? And he said that, I mean, he couldn't answer, obviously, because he's like, I haven't even written a script for it yet. But I mean, he's like, I wouldn't want to, like, write a script based on, you know, giving people parts. But, right, you know, Smart. but could you imagine? I'm sure more people would want to show up. I, who, okay, who would show who up would in you, a Terrifier yeah, movie? Who would show up in uh, a Terrifier 3 movie? Okay. Tony Todd. Okay, yeah, for sure. Tony Todd. For um, sure. Maybe a PJ Robert Souls. England. Robert England loves to make PJ a cameo. Souls. Um, that would be great. Jamie Lee Curtis. No. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. Oh, we forgot to mention Jamie Lee Curtis is nominated for a Golden oh, Globe. We're so dumb. Girl, Miss Laurie Strode is nominated Miss, for well, her role I mean, in Halloween Ends. No. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I will say that I did say that I want everything everywhere all at once to sweep every category, and that does include her. So we just didn't specifically show Fantastic. The the so, Scream Queen. We forgot to mention her. Yeah, duh. What's wrong with us? Hey, listeners, let us know who you want to see in a Terrifier 3 film. Cassandra Peterson. <laughs> oh, my God. Of course. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of the caliber of um, artistry that I'm expecting to see. If any, yeah. you know, cameo roles are available in Absolutely. the Anthony script. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, fear, the Fear of the Talking Queers. I can see them over there. Hello. <laughs> Hello, I'm available. Call me Damien. Yeah. Call me yeah. Daddy. I mean, I can't really think of anybody else. Tony Todd was the first one that came to mind. I would I could definitely see him see him in it. 
I'm trying to think like what mm. other like horror people. I want to see him things. fight art. Um, I know who goes to the convention. Nev Campbell. <laughs> that's, what I, I, that's what I said. I said you didn't hear me. But I oh yeah. Campbell. <laughs> uh, so, oh. Jamie Kennedy. <laughs> All right. Well, final yeah, thoughts. Final thoughts. What are, what are we thinking? Okay. Fine. My final thoughts are: I had more positives to say about this movie than negatives. Yeah. Uh, while I do think that it could have used some more time in that editing room, um, I do think that Damian Leone is onto something. I do think that he has so much potential to be um, a, a really great. Uh, a, what do you want to say? A visionary of horror. Um, I think because he enjoys it so much, we should enjoy his work and his artistry because the what totally. he put into this and how he's evolved from the first to the second. I'm excited to see where he goes with the rest of it and with potential other stories. Yeah, that right, and a come bigger budget brain. probably. I'm sure. If, and a bigger budget. You know, if, yeah. if this movie made as much money as it did, I'm sure maybe the next one. Well, who knows what could happen? Maybe we will see yeah. Sienna flying through the air with those wings. <laughs> 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 oh, like Chardon- Santa. oh my god, Tara Reed. I would love Tara Reed. Tara Fire 3. Tara Fire 3. Tara Fire 3. Oh my god. My god. <laughs> Tara Fire Reed. <laughs> three. <laughs> oh. Oh. <laughs> We fit. We fit. We figured it out. Uh, honestly, Damien needs to cut us a check. Yes. Okay. We're on because we're gonna about to make him some money, honey. Okay. <laughs> oh my God. I. I guess I would love to see that. Um, <laughs> but I think that the visual effects team obviously did a fantastic job. The costume designer. I think even the actors. Like I really do think that everyone put did the work, and it really did pay off. Um, it, the movie's just a little bit too long, and yeah. sometimes it gets a little cheesy, but that's yeah. to be expected. It, I mean, look at the look at the material. Look at the material. Um, um, but yes, and honestly, I'm going to give this movie a three and a half out of five. Nice, yeah. Um, I'm actually going to rate it a four out of five. I surprisingly okay. enjoyed this movie a lot. Um, it stuck with me after I first saw it. Like, I couldn't really shake it and I it was like first I was like I think I'm just disturbed by this movie but then I was like wait a minute I was like there were like some cool things about it and I was like I kind of I was anticipating doing this episode so I could watch it again is that crazy I think that's a little crazy of me that is definitely a twist of events because you guys have no idea what it was like to convince Jake <laughs> that Terrifier 2 should you be were, our Christmas episode. He you was were like, texting what? me and I was like, no, nah, I don't know. I don't know. I was like pitching it like a salesperson. I was like, look, everyone's talking about it. Like we have to, like, I was like, we have to, we just have to. It's one of the, it, it literally has been one of the like Most icons about, of horror yeah. this year. Yeah. yeah it's absolutely. insane. Yeah. The little engine that could. Absolutely. The, the little clown that could. The little yes. clown car that could. All right. Well, that does it for Terrifier 2. Yes. I'm so surprised with how this episode turned out and with how, med- how many flowers we gave it instead of tomatoes. That I was know. really great. It, good for yeah. us. Good for us. This is a good job to this movie. I, you know what? Applause. Applause. Yes, and I hope that you get nominated for all the Oscars this year. For all the Oscars you've applied for. <laughs> Um, 
yes. So, <laughs> but our journey through the rest of this year has not ended. We will be back next week for another episode. One of the ones that I know you've really been anticipating to talk yep. about. The return of Hear the Talking Queers Ooh, comes been- with everything, everything everywhere, everywhere, all, all at once. once. We talking, he talking, all the same time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so excited. I'm so excited. I think that this is... Uh, uh, the movie that's gonna receive all its flowers this next year during award season and I'm really yes. excited to talk about it because it is has to be one of my favorite movies of all time now because it is yes. it's just beautiful it's a beautiful film it's a great film with a great message and honestly it's a great way to ring in the new year for our new year's episode and our end of year before we take a little break so yes yes well i can't wait so hey don't forget to check out our social media um hit us up at fear the talking queers yes or go on apple Podcasts. are you listening on apple Podcasts? leave us a review and rate us five stars are you listening on spotify you can rate five stars in there as well yes 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 all right everybody hopefully santa's good to you this year gifts for santa goodies for santa goodies for santa (laughs) i hope you guys get Um, that reference we do it a lot on here Yes, yes. And I hope that you're not visited by Krumpus. And I also hope that you're not visited by Art the Clown. <laughs> oh, I know. Yeah, please no. Please no. Um, that yeah, should be I'm what re- Terrifier 3 is in Christmas. Oh, oh my God. That sounds... <laughs> Give that, us a real good scare. I would actually be into that. That sounds fun. Right? <laughs> next step. <laughs> yes. All right, everybody. Have a Merry Christmas. And um, we'll see you next time. Sweet screams, bitch. Bye. Bye.